0: We just live right now, man. It's going down, excited for the season. You know, we coming off a playoff win. I mean, you know, we had a couple
1: wins. Hello, and welcome to the Brew Hoop podcast, episode 141. I'm Adam Paris, co-managing editor of brewhoop.com. Joined by Kyle Carr tonight, Riley Feldman is taking a night off, well-earned night off, but I'm here with Kyle Carr. Kyle, how are we doing? Doing pretty well. Uh, we were talking about it before recording. We were
0: talking about the Game Awards and how it was a little bit better this year, and there's Badger heartbreak, unfortunately. Lost to Pitt in five sets at home, so they missed a chance to go to another Final Four, which is a little unfortunate, but they will bounce back. I feel pretty confident of that otherwise just kind of glancing over at my phone because the Bucks Rockets game is getting to the final couple minutes and this game is a lot closer than it needed to be it but this is kind of embarrassing Jesus also Embiid has 53 points I guess
1: so oh good well that's we we always love when Joel Embiid has a big night people just (laughs) slobber all over him and um, oh yeah (laughs) can't wait for him to you know win MVP and all that kind of stuff yeah we got the Rockets game on in the background here So uh, 89-88 at the time that I'm saying this. But we got a couple games to run through this week, starting with the Orlando Magic win, 109-102. Giannis had 34 points. Drew had 17 points, 10 assists. But, Kyle, the thing I want to make sure that you and all of our listeners take away from this game is that they know it was the A.J. Green game. I mean, this guy comes in on a two-way contract. We were just talking about how it's ridiculous he's probably on the team. He really didn't even look like he ever belonged last week. And then he came back and answered us going, I think three of five from three for 12 points on the court. If Riley were here, I think he would have, you know, be doing probably a pretty large mea culpa, but for what it's worth, the thing about this game to me was mostly, we had some, a a couple of key backups step up in the absence of, of other people. Sandro Amakalishvili hit a key three late. And, Really for the name of the game for that one was Escape with a Win, which kind of felt like a little bit of the theme for this week. And against the Magic, you got to take a win when if you can, you know, even if you have to eke it out, I guess at least at this point, you can help you get helpful contributions from your two way players. It's 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 surprising to me that AJ Green even was able to contribute to that level. But I mean, good for him, right? It was such a weird game. I I didn't
0: watch this one fully. I kind of just glanced because I was doing other stuff. And it was kind of like, okay, yeah, Giannis has 34 points. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Bobby Portis has another double-double. Okay. Oh, sure. Things make sense. Drew Holiday, 17 points. You know, 10 assists? Yeah. And then I look at the bench. I was like, wait, (laughs) wait. AJ Green had the most points out of all the bench players. So he had more than... And also, Sam Mamu having... Quality minutes. I was like, "What is going on?" Like, I'm confused. What do you mean, Mom? Who played 23 minutes, and that's more than everyone besides Javon Carter and AJ Green in 10 minutes has 12 points. uh All right, sure. None of this makes sense, but I mean, good on him. And it's kind of funny because even though it was AJ Green game, it's always has his plus minus as minus one. Again, that just goes – plus like plus minus is always just a weird indicator. I mean, Giannis – it's that Giannis had a minus four and Chris had a minus 14. Chris had a rough game, definitely. This was kind of like the – nothing was falling for him. It is what it is. But, no, it was, it was kind of a you get your win however you can, and it's nice to have young players step up and contribute. Are we going to expect A.J. Green to be this key cog moving forward? Absolutely not. Oh. but at the very least, did we at least see why AJ Green got a two way? Sure. There are we he has a quality that can get you employed in the NBA and that's being able to shoot and he did display that. So that's good on him. But no, I, I, yeah, Sandro having a late three to kind of clinch it is another weird thing. And a game that like was a legitimate game. It's not like we sat everyone. We played the best players besides Brooke.
1: Riley, are you on?
2: It, it, it is. Here's the thing. Okay, here's my oh. here's my biggest take from the Magic <laughs> okay,
1: you're game. Cr- crash landing here. Here's yeah. the deal. Okay.
2: <laughs> I saw more from AJ Green in this game than I did in Kyle Korver's entire tenure as a Milwaukee Buck, and that's amazing, isn't it? Coming in hot. I, I'm 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 not saying that we can expect him to be this much better than Kyle Korver from here on out, but it was more memorable. All I remember from the Kyle Corbett was just hoping he wouldn't turn to dust getting crossed up once. And so that's what was most important to me from the magic game. I don't know what what else Kyle talked about from the game. Um, Chris being really bad, uh, obviously poor. The, oh. the, the thing about the game was like um, Drew and Giannis and Bobby were able to pace the team throughout, but we've gotten a little bit used to already having Chris back out there again, where, okay, he can kind of do a couple of possessions and you know, he's a little bit bigger. So he'll be able to shoot over guys. No problem. As soon as he starts kind of going away, then Giannis really starts forcing things. And I think by the end of the game into the fourth quarter, Giannis is just kind of tired of doing that. So we just kept jacking up three after three, after three, and then the magic kind of get back into it. But besides that, um, you know, it was like a relatively secure end-to-end win. So, um, but shout out to AJ Green. I doubt he'll do anything more beyond this. But
1: your ears must have been burning, Riley. We made a big to-do about how you weren't going to be on tonight. Mm-hmm. How we were—we were talking about AJ Green in your absence. We were ready for you to make a big mea culpa, up, you know, and and just. Mention how he's pro you're probably going to get a Jersey of his now, but uh I clearly your ears were burning because you popped on. right. It's basically right <laughs> after we started saying that
2: it was what I knew. So I was having some difficulties getting on here, but I knew when I was watching the replay, when Boone ran out the AJ Green, Javon Carter, Bobby Portis um Sandro lineup I was like okay we have I have to be in here just to comment on this and we're getting live reactions from Adam I don't have the Rockets came up but
1: it's it's truly awful so Grayson Allen just Jesus. missed a like, in transition <laughs> Jalen Green just freaking rimmed one in over Brooke Th- this is awful like, I I know we're all watching it at various degrees now we have we have Brooke getting back to the oh. basket it's tied at 92 now this is this won't be good for anyone who didn't watch the game, but you might get some strange reactions in between our uh, discussing what's going on here.
0: It, it's the fact that Grayson Allen, he gets, he almost gets the uh, steal. And I was like, okay, cool. And they force a miss.
1: He has a clear runaway. they just biffs the dunk just completely missed it oh god it, it felt like a, a dante rerun right there was god, it, that was annoying it felt
0: worse because dante wouldn't have dunked it he would have just like gotten his shit swatted on a layup was it
2: was it brandon knight-esque against the nets that one game where he was right there to win it and then he just absolutely it wasn't as
0: it. It. it wasn't as bad it was bad but it wasn't that bad like th- there
1: was defenders within a vicinity yeah and no now place. we're get- now now we're getting in a, 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 an offensive uh, basket interference on this Giannis-Brook connection, so the Bucks are going to be down two. This is – oh, this is frustrating. This has not been a great one to watch. Um, you know what was a pretty fun one to watch, though, Kyle, was that Kings game. You know, 126-113. It seemed like the Bucks, you know, had it going. DeMontis Sabonis was really the only player for the Kings who seemed like he was, you know, totally shelling out. They were able to hold De'Aaron Fox to five for 15, which was great. Giannis 35.7 assists, Drew 31.6 assists. So another game where it's those two really stirring the drink and the Bucks were able to pull that one out. Yeah, it was kind of a ho hum whatever kind of game. I it was one of those where
0: Milwaukee always felt comfortably ahead and the Kings the Kings would always stay around, but it was never going to be threatening. Sorry, I had a hiccup there. Yeah, they were never going to threaten, but they were always going to hang around. And Giannis was kind of able to do what he needed to. Drew was able to do what he needed to. I think the thing that really stood out to me was just more how Milwaukee's offense early on was flowing pretty well. And it was like they had, I think, what, 68 points in the first half. And I think offensively, they are able to kind of get what they needed to. And then it got to the fourth quarter. And that's when things kind of mucked around and, but their defense was doing a great job as well. So it was kind of nice where they had that trade off of in the first half offense was doing good defense uh, probably could have been better. And then it kind of flipped where the offense was, eh, we knew it could be better. And then the defense really stepped it up in the fourth quarter. So I think that was kind of an impressive thing. The Kings have been a scrappy team. They're, doing it better than I think people realize. And it's not as though they, they have guys that are decent, but also guys that I would never think, like, you put them together and they would be... A, it would it feels like a tanky-esque team lineup, and they're doing pretty well. So, good on the Kings uh, for their part, but I, I don't know. This was kind of like the opposite. It was after AJ Green's, like, fantastic Orlando game. He didn't see the court until garbage time. So... <laughs> Same with same with Mamu. It was like, okay, you two did a great job at being key for the Bucks winning, and now, Jesus Christ, Giannis, um, now you both, now you, you guys
1: are going to sit on the bench. Oh, God, this is infuriating. The right, I I don't know if I'm ahead of you, Kyle, Jalen Green. You are just ahead of me. Followed. You are definitely ahead of me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'm trying not to spoil it for you. Oh. Oh, okay. The foul call. Cool. Yeah.
2: (laughs) What's the score right now? Just so the listeners at home know. Okay. Yeah. It's
1: it's 92. Yeah. It's 92 all Jalen green just got fouled by Brooke. So he's going to the line with an opportunity to put them up. Uh, Giannis missed a free throw on the other end. That would have put the Bucks up one. Of course. As as to be expected. Uh, Did you watch the
2: Kings game Riley? I did. Um, Has Sabonis ever given Giannis any sort of trouble ever? Like literally no. ever. Okay. I, no, I don't and think so. I don't think there's anybody taller than, <clears throat> excuse me, than six, five or six, seven that gets played. I think Rashawn Holmes is on the roster, but he got buried by Mike Brown. So John Horst, give a call. Let's see what's going on with Rashawn. Holmes. Um, <laughs> Alex Lynn is hanging out there. I mean, he's not Alex playing. line also got up. Garbo time. So I think Delhi de- <laughs> That's
1: right. I forgot about Delhi. <laughs> Delhi got some garbage oh, time. Yeah. Plus
0: two.
2: Um, once Giannis kind of got going, they they didn't even really have enough guys to do a pseudo wall against Giannis. Like it was pretty much a wrap from the get-go, and this was sort of a through line for all three games this week, Giannis scoring at such a high level. Um, Dallas did the best job throwing multiple guys at him, but for the most part, no matter who the matchup was, Giannis was more than capable of just Bossing, and then Drew in the second quarter in particular, and then to close the game, he was—I don't know how many points in a row he scored. I think he went on a his own solo like seven-point run in the second quarter with Giannis on the bench. Um, De'Aaron Fox, quite obviously, is not a defensive presence, and they switched Davion Mitchell onto Drew, but Davion comes off of the bench, so um, for the most part, Drew had no problem just powering through and getting right to his spots right in the basket, like right in the dunker spot. Um, And they were, I appreciated the way that they did some pick and roll action to keep pulling Sabonis out. So even though Sabonis never really has anything for Giannis, the Bucks did a great job scheming it so that he would, because he was generally guarding Brooke Lopez. So they um, would kind of just pull him enough away that Giannis would get ahead of steam and then relatively an easy basket. Um, It only got sort of close a little bit earlier in the fourth off of like a little bit of hot shooting from Keegan Murray, like a couple of mid Rangers, but that's those are all shots that the Bucks will allow. No problem. So this was a prototypical victory, I'd say, Um, you know, Chris was fine, which is helpful. He, that he also had some like nice passes, which again, accentuates the differences between having him out there versus having Javon out there. Um, I think even if Chris isn't, an end all be all passer. He's a much better distributor than Giannis in this regard. So I think all that kind of came together. This is a relatively straightforward victory for the Bucks.
1: All right. We're going to have to, we're just going to have to take people to the end as this rocket scam goes on. I'm sorry if you're waiting to watch this. Okay. This was Kyle. Did you just see the play where Grayson Allen, Giannis did their dribble handoff, which has been pretty good this year, but then Grayson basically was trying to throw a lob and he, it went like two inches in the air. Uh, Giannis then fouled the Rockets player. I, I thought
0: initially he just tried doing a floater and it got blocked and this and is worse. <laughs> this is worse. I thought it was a floater and it just got blocked. And it's like, okay, it is what it is.
1: No, he just... This has been a terrible like last like two minutes. I'm surprised yeah. Pat hasn't gone in yet, to be honest. I'm going to have to go a little bit live here. We got Giannis dribbling down the court, 22 seconds. He just went up and just biffed a, a layup again, so... They are they are now close to celebrating. We've got Jabari Smith Jr.'s second fist pump in the air of this game. Uh, God, Whew. well, this is the, it, it. Feels like a, a typical Sunday game for the Bucks, right? You know the the strange thing about this Rockets game has been Giannis started the game with four, three straight dunks in the first quarter. His first four shot made buckets were dunks. He's it looks like he's going to end the game with around sixteen points, I think is what he did. He had nothing in the second half. Yeah. Uh, So, really, really strange development, given the Rockets are pretty much Civs, and I'm I'm very surprised that they were able to throw anything at him, and he went, like, 17 of 21 for 44 points the last time against them. So, and he was in basically what seemed like I want to pass to my teammates mode from tip in this game, which, I guess... um, is an interesting tactic for him to take, but it does, it does seem like maybe he's, he waited too long to get going and now he, he's not going to have the juice to put him over the top here.
2: There are two, no, for, there okay. are two forms of Giannis. There's Giannis, I'm going to have 45 usage rate or there's, I'm not going to take a single shot. And that'll happen in the first quarter. You're like, wow, Giannis has three points <laughs> and then, then he'll turn it on late. But sometimes he will get in the mood. He's like, I'll just try and get 20 assists today <laughs> for no apparent reason.
1: And he only has four. <laughs> Yeah, that's the other, well, that's the other part is that no one, no one can make a shot. We've got here, uh, oh, we're going to have what looks like, uh, Bucks getting their seventh loss of the season. We yeah. have, we have Houston coach John Lucas losing his mind. Uh, I mean, good on them. Cause I know, uh, Steven Silas
0: has had a rough, uh, go. Unfortunately, his dad, uh, Paul Silas passed away. Yeah. John Lucas is doing a lot. It's weird. Um, yeah. And what's I, this is the second year in a row now that like Milwaukee's gone into Houston and just like crapped the bed, right?
2: Yes, we struggled last yeah. year against
0: them as well. The, yeah, I think last year it was like the Kevin Porter Jr. like 50 point game or something.
2: The most embarrassing part about it is those Rockets jerseys are ugly as sin. They're horrible. <laughs> They're <laughs> absolutely horrible. And nobody's ever going to watch this game again, ever Maybe this might just be lost to time. But if somebody does stumble upon it, they're going to be like, what the hell is with this color scheme? They're on a red court. One team is wearing purple. The other is wearing white, green and gold. (laughs) Like, uh, you know, everything about this is just do the uh, the men in black memory wipe. That's the only way to deal with it.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, we're going to forget about this game in like the next morning. It's just. There's no reason this game should have been close. Because if you look... The, Houston did not do anything particularly special. It's not like they were bombarding Milwaukee with threes. They were 6 of 27. Like, they were bad. It just simply was Milwaukee's... I mean, the Bucks' Bucs' 3.2 was just as bad as uh, Houston's. But yeah. I don't... know. There's no reason why this game should have been as close as it is. But Chris Middleton getting hurt as well. Uh, not ideal, but... Oh, wait, what happened? Oh he has an ankle sprain apparently.
2: Oh okay. Nothing serious we don't think. I mean we don't
0: really know. I don't know. Okay. He'll be back by the All-Star break, I don't know. I'm going to say All-Star break as well and come back.
2: Speaking of close games, how about how about the more positive of the close Texas games, the one hundred six, one hundred five victory over the Dallas Mavericks. Kyle, what did you? Did you? Did you see something you liked a little bit more in that game than you did in this in this Rocket God, game? This one
1: was awful. What a terrible <laughs> freaking game! I'm so glad I barely had to watch the second half as I'm writing this recap. God, sorry. Go ahead, uh, all right, the Mavericks
0: game. Yeah, much. It, it was funnier. Um, and result, <laughs> the funniest end result. There's no reason the Bucks should have won this game. There's absolutely no reason for it, <laughs> but Milwaukee found a way. And this is one of those moments where you kind of think, oh, maybe they have figured it out and they can actually like win without Giannis and find ways to win and close things out. That's not necessarily how this went. This was more Dallas completely self-sabotaging, self-imploding, in like it seemed like they were trying... I don't know if there's point shaving going on, but this this would have been a classic example of I think they're shaving points. There's no reason for this game to be what it is. But again, good job on Milwaukee to do what they needed to do. Um hell of an uh ATO play to get Brooke wide open, hell of the Bucks to know what the Mavericks were gonna run because it was obvious to everyone and anyone. Um in terms of the actual game itself, besides, you know, the comically bad last few minutes from the Mavericks. I don't fully know when we could start asking, when should we expect Chris to be better? I mean, granted, now that he's hurt and might not be back, we're going to have to pause on that. But you know how we were joking saying, oh, yeah, we're going to like how much is Bucks? We're going to like completely turn if the Bucks lose their first game when Chris comes back. He is playing kind of bad. Like he has not had a good week and this Maverick Sam was a great example of it. I mean, he's not doing, he's doing what he needs to. He's getting the right looks, but it just feels like maybe another week probably would have done a little bit better for him. I don't know. It just feels like he's just completely off and same with Bobby. And I think Bobby's inability to shoot is starting to get into his head because he only took like two threes. So I, this was this felt more like a Bud playoff game, if anything. <laughs> oh
2: God, that's uh, it. Did a little bit, yeah. I'm like... just
0: if you look at like just based off of the rotation, based off of how the offense was going, mm-hmm. based off of just general game plan, it did feel more like Bud kind of went with a more playoff approach and said, "Okay, Luca's gonna get whatever he wants, but no one else on that team is beating us."
2: I agree that chris has played suboptimally, but i think so much of it right now is still rhythm based like he's still working his way into a feel for the game because physically he looks mostly fine i think on defense they've started using him a little bit more as uh to guard like a bigger wing or almost like a forward if they try to go to the paint which i think is a good use because he's not going to have the speed to really keep up with guys on the perimeter anymore he did an okay, a job against uh Bankero in the Magic game. Um, he did a decent, I mean, as in as decent as anybody can do against Luca of trying to at least stay in front of him or force him to try and take like a tougher jump shot than to get right past you. So, I think defensively, that's okay. He's not getting the steals as he might have, but you know, that'll come with time. Offensively, most of the moves also seem to be fine there. Of all the guys who when Giannis drives and kicks it out to somebody, if it ends up in Chris's hands it, barring Drew, I still feel most confident of Chris taking that shot. I'm like, okay, this is like a, feels like a relatively high chance of this going in. Um, how much of it is just his trying to figure out a feel for the game again? It, I doubt this is something that will be like hang with him. He'll probably improve overall. Whether or not we're past peak Chris, I think we've probably might be um but i don't think we're at like this level of chris is the usual one and bobby did have a good game against orlando but that was against the magic so and the key to that one was he got thrown in um to the starting lineup and does that change like his attitude about it? Does he play better as a starter why is that i think there's something to talk about with um when he's out there with Drew and Giannis, then there might be a little bit more space or more gravity that he can kind of fill in. He gets a little more room to take shots. I don't know really what to make of that, but um, I, I'm not long-term worried about Chris, but I agree that he's not playing well. But we, we are winning, or <laughs> winning in spite of the fact that Chris is playing poorly, and it does feel, I, I feel like the offense in theory is running a little bit more smoothly with him out there even if he's not making the shots that he might have previously
1: yeah the um I'm trying not to let the sour taste from this Rockets game stick in my mouth too much I mean it was god, god that was really bad I, I can't believe they let themselves lose that one I mean they went into the fourth with a five-point cushion anyway yeah the I mean the, Chris's splits are terrible this year so far shooting I mean he's at Thirty six percent from the field, twenty nine point two percent from three. Um, he's eighty five percent from the line, which is good. So okay.
0: one area is good. Yeah.
1: So one one area is good, right? So it, and that that has definitely been the biggest issue, right? He's also taking um, a, a few less shots from the field, but his minutes are down a little. So I, I agree. There's no real cause for concern unless this ankle injury is somehow more severe for him or anything. You have to imagine the shot will come. And you're, you're definitely right, Riley, that there, we were talking about this last week. There's times where when you just run the pick and roll with Chris and someone else, he, he, there's so many, so often he just kind of knows what to do. Like he'll, he'll find someone so much in, in such an easy way. Like it looks, it looks a little more effortless than it does sometimes with Giannis where he, you know, throws some sort of crazy pass along the baseline, which is awesome, but also it looks really tiring or, even sometimes Drew, like I, I think Drew's been really underrated this year in terms of having to create and creating assists for people. But Chris just makes things look a lot easier. And so it, it's frustrating to see him not shoot well. Um, but I, th- I think you have to say there's still plenty of time for him to ramp up because he also usually starts slow most of the time in seasons, right? So you compound that with the injury. Hopefully he'll be able to kind of ramp up and get back to where he, he normally is.
2: Uh, the other thing I wanted to call out uh, from this game in particular, but a couple of the games lately, uh, execution late in the game, this game and the Knicks game, Giannis fouls out with a couple of minutes to go still. And you're like, well, let's see if we can hang on. Now it did take Dallas playing like a Jason kid coach team and just absolutely fumbling the carton of eggs all over the place. Um, but, the out of timeout play was really well done. And we kind of feel like we're back in that mode again, where it's like, oh, we'll just like it will be ugly sometimes, but we will find a way to it now. Rockets game now being a uh, piece of evidence to the contrary. <laughs> had we not had this game. <laughs> played, I, um, you know, I'm going to say
0: if they had won that game, this would have been another, another one know, in I'll the win notch. Win.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I was impressed with the fact that Giannis goes out and up until that point, almost all, but a lot of the offense was running through him, just running right at the Dallas paint. And he goes out and you're like, you know, there's still a good amount of time left. And in spite of that, we were able to win, which is pretty impressive. Uh, and with Chris playing, again, suboptimally, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's something to note as well. It, in You do have to keep in mind the level of the opponent, which was not super-duper high because of the guy they have calling the X's and O's, but, you know, send the guys to the line and survive it. I'll take that, sure.
0: Yeah, it was interesting, especially, like, that whole fourth quarter was just... Because I think the Bucks were down at one point twelve in the second half, and Giannis in particular was awful, pretty much the first three quarters. I think he, I think he started off like two and ten or something. Like it was so the fact that Giannis ended ten to twenty from the floor kind of just showed like okay he turned it around. But I think a lot of that execution was not necessarily Milwaukee needing to chase and, like, bomb threes and try and, like, get eight points in, like, five seconds. Like, okay, you just go get a bucket. It was the old John McLaughlin scene. You get a bucket, you get a stop. You get a bucket, you get a stop. And you're right back in this and thing. Was, yep. And you're right back in the same. That's exactly what happened. It was Johnny Mac is probably sitting at his house beaming, beaming, and smiling because of it. Almost made it sound like he's dead and he's not. <laughs> <laughs> like how I was explained like yeah Johnny Max smiling I was like wait no he's not like don't make it seem like he's dead he's not dead he's still alive Uh
1: there was <laughs> I'll just go back to the game there was a there was a weird rhythm in the I think third and early fourth where Bud went small so he has like he has a Giannis small ball lineup out there and they're starting to make a little headway and then there was just a preposterous amount of terrible defense on the interior by the Bucks, unable to figure out who was guarding who. The Mavericks kept getting buckets like way down low. Christian Wood kept having, I think, like George Hill switched onto him and kept cooking him repeatedly, oh which God. was also pretty infuriating. Uh, so it, it was such a weird rhythm because you are like, oh, okay, well, Bud's gonna try to go small, try and switch the looks up. That's kind of what the Mavericks are doing. They don't really have anyone that's that big. But then eventually, you know, to, to mixed results and you kind of worked your way back into it, but Brooks on the floor in the end. So, and then when you look at the minutes distribution, I forget which of you said it felt like a, a playoff game, but you kind of, it kind of almost got that with Javon Carter kind of being the odd man out and George Hill being the one who Bud was turning to in the pivotal moments. And he, he paid it off with some clutch threes and uh, and that assist at the end. But I I, I have to say, before he hit some of those shots, I was like, why is George Hill out here? So I, I, I'm I, I'm glad he spited me. But it, it was interesting to see who Bud turned to in those moments.
2: The defense from George was suspect as all get out. There was like the Spencer Dinwiddie multiple dunks. I was like, George just clearly didn't bother to try, <laughs> try and get in front of him. They'd be like in transition. I'm like, why is George on like the wing when he's quite clearly supposed to be guarding Spencer Dinwiddie with this sort of size matchup, it makes sense why Javon didn't get a lot of run because I think Spencer Dinwiddie is the smallest guard, though there's that green guy that I guess Dallas runs, but still of like the guys who are primary ball handlers, Spencer Dinwiddie is kind of a big guard. So I don't fault Javon getting the knockoff here. And that's why having both Javon and George to like, Oh, matchup dependent makes sense um the point about the interior defense with the small ball lineup uh, well taken the saving grace was christian was christian wood was the interior defender on the other side and Giannis was just like okay and just kept scoring literally (laughs) like just kept (laughs) scoring And like, Christian was like, oh. every single time he had to like keep his hands off to try and avoid fouling, just sending Giannis immediately to the line with an and one. Um, so that was the saving grace. Was uh, Christian Wood was the center on the other side and notoriously not a good defender and proven so in this case. Um, yeah, I the thing Dallas is like, how much do you take away from Dallas because it's literally just Luka Doncic and just dudes? That's literally it's. It's stark to see a team that runs like that, but that's more or less how the team is run. And Luka Doncic is good enough that it works some of the time, but at the very end, it it kept going to him. How much energy does he expend bitching and moaning to the refs the entire game, every single anything, every possession. Um, And he, on that final inbounds play that we went it off of he literally he's supposed to be the one guarding the inbounds and he just they the ref hands the ball to I think George <laughs> and D- Doncic just, just turns and just stands there looking in the exact opposite direction I was like <laughs> like dude you got to Come on. It was so funny to watch. Um, so it it looked like a video game glitch. Like the player
1: <laughs> was just stuck facing in.
2: You're throwing your controller. Like, I can't believe the <laughs> game just cheated me. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, they're a really strange team. I, they'll never win anything so long as kid is involved. And probably the whole rest of the organization because they do a poor job building. But um, I, I just. Rough and tumble as it was against an okay team um, to survive some weird lineups, some weird matchups, and still come away with the victory. Uh, I think that's pretty impressive, especially because we just played them a week ago. So there could have been a theory of like, oh, had there been any adjustments? Um, And we still overcame. So good job, Bucks.
0: I think the funniest part as well, besides Luca, just like watching that whole thing happen, is like maybe say something, like tell your guys, hey, switch. I don't know. Wouldn't be a bad idea, but it was also when Dallas is trying to do its final play, and it was highlighted on Twitter. It was like Drew and Chris both knew what was going to happen, so they're like, "Okay, just switch this, and it'll be fine." <laughs> it was, and Luca's just standing like, "Ah, uh, guys, I think they figured out our play because Jason Kidd is only capable of running one play." So it's just funny to me where I was like, "Hey, guys, they know the play, and just no adjustment." No one figured. Let's try something different. It was still we're gonna get Luca the ball. You only needed you only needed a basket. You didn't need a three, and I think I, it, that just highlighted how it really is just Luca Doncic and a bunch of dudes. And sometimes those dudes show up, and today was not one of those moments. And eighty six percent free throw shooter going zero for three at the end is hilarious, and Luca going four of ten for the free throw line is also hilarious.
2: Um, Adam, your point about this being like a playoff game, the rotation, you look at the minutes. So we did our eight man rotations right now if the playoffs are today. So Bud's eight man rotation right now if the playoffs are today is eerily like every eight man rotation he's run out here the past couple of <laughs> years. It's the same exact individuals It's <laughs> Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Giannis, Grayson, Brooke, Pat, George, and Bobby. <laughs> We're just... The more things change, the more they stay the same. George Hill is going to be 45 years old and getting 15 good minutes off the bench uh, if he continues to linger in Bud system. Uh, maybe, I, I think it's a testament to the tough spots, the guard rotation sort of can be. Um, Drew will play a lot more minutes in the playoffs, so it's going to be less of a problem then. But um, yeah, it's... This is his eight-man lineup and looks a little bit different. Not like vastly different from what we were talking about,
1: but. Do, do we care? Um, I'm, now I'm just kind of, because there's some other, some other stuff. Like Marjon Beauchamp has been out with illnesses. Do we care at all that he hasn't really, I mean, we haven't really seen him play in, what, probably three weeks? I am just about and to pull Jordan, it up, yeah. Jordan, Jordan Wara has been kind of getting the majority minutes. I, I don't know. What have you do you care at all, Kyle? Are you like oh, this is frustrating, or is it like oh, this is just the vagaries of the year? At some point, he'll probably get back in.
0: I'm sure he'll get back in, but it is kind of I don't slightly annoying where it's like, why are we still trying to make this Jordan War thing a thing? <laughs> like we know what he is. Let's just stop bothering. I mean, he only played five minutes tonight against the Rockets, but it is kind of one of those where it's like we don't need to. We don't need to try. Stop trying to make Jordan War happen. Like Marjan. Let's see what he can do. Any minutes he gets it cannot, it doesn't hurt. See what he is. And especially with Chris going down, it's like, you're going to have to put one of those guys back out there. Might as well just see what you got in, in champ, because we know what we have in war and it's not great. 99% of the time.
2: Yeah. Marjan has not played, uh, since the last time we played Dallas, actually he'd been inactive for four straight games. And then he's been active, but catch DNPs against Sacramento and, um, Dallas, and I assume he didn't play against Houston tonight.
1: No, he, he did not but, play against but, Houston. But don't worry, George Hill played 14 minutes and got zero shots up. That's um, awesome. Uh, that's great. No, <laughs> cardio. I, I got I, that cardio in.
2: The thing about the I love people who are like, oh, well, Boonholzer's playing Jordan War because we're trying to up his trade value. Like the last person in the world that gives a damn about building someone's trade value through minutes is Mike Boonholzer. So I, I can't imagine. Also, no
0: one is that desperate for Jordan War, oh <laughs> someone would have signed him.
2: There's nothing Jordan War can't do anything in a single game, much less like five, that's gonna really swing somebody like, oh, maybe, maybe this is it. Um I wish Marjan get back out there. I, I would assume if it was a long-term illness and now conditioning getting back. Um, But yeah, I'd, I'd much rather it was fun. He was this thing about having a rookie, even if it's a total car crash, you're like, Oh, it's a fun car crash. Cause maybe it'll turn into something better. Uh, and almost immediately just based off of his physicality and the way that he moves on the court. You're like, Oh, this is different than like a, it's just more uh, interesting than the way that Jordan Wara does because I don't, where it kind of almost floats a little bit and that's not supposed to be like disrespectful. It's just like there's something a little bit more cavalier about the way Marjan plays, which makes it more entertaining to watch from home, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I assume he'll get back to the lineup. He's not going to be a playoff guy. I would be shocked if he was a playoff guy, but yeah, let's get some more Marjan minutes just for the the fans at home. Entertainment value.
0: Yeah. Like I'm not expecting Marjan to get playoff minutes, but at this, at this point you might as well just, get him regular season minutes and see what and get him at least in a rhythm so that god forbid if he needs to be in for a playoff game he is not coming in
1: ice cold. I think pro- I guess probably the other barrier has been Bud is also trying to get Chris Middleton back up to speed. He's also trying to get Pat Con to back up to speed and those are kind of areas where Marjan would go. And speaking of Pat, we talked are we any concern about Chris Middleton? Any concern about uh Pat so far, Riley he's shooting uh, 26.9% from three coming into this game against Houston. He went one of six from three against Houston. Any, any concern at all?
2: You know, I don't want to go so far as to say fat and happy Pat now that he got <laughs> his, this extension. So I, I'm not going to say that, but he is already, I, I thought he was a little bit younger. He's, I guess I've forgotten. He's already 30 or soon to be. I think he is actually 30. Um, What I've noticed, at least just eye tests, so this could be totally wrong. You guys might know the numbers better than I, but it seems like we as a team cut a lot less off ball. I don't remember the last time I saw somebody successfully cut towards the basket and that actually turned into something that was normally Pat's move. His two moves were, I take the three, um, Or I'm the guy who cuts that gives you like a pressure valve. Grayson did that a little bit last year. I don't think he does that much at all anymore. I think it's almost exclusively threes or doing the drives that Grayson has been good at driving. So excuse me, that's fine with Pat. The defense still seems okay. Uh, And so I would just kind of lump it in with Chris of the numbers will come around when the numbers come around. Um, we haven't seen to me any sort of drop off in his athleticism, athleticism whatsoever, but this is a continuation of, did he break his hand or break his finger last year when he, he was like having a really excellent start this season. He broke, I think his hand or his finger, he was out. And then when he came back, obviously there was no drop in what he was capable of doing, but just the numbers stopped. Like they just dropped pretty precipitously from earlier in the season, so I guess from that standpoint, it's a little bit concerning. Um, you kind of pick your poison. Who are you most concerned about, Chris, Pat, or Bobby? Uh, which one of them seems like they won't pull out of the somewhat iffy tailspin right now? But so far, I, all three of those guys, I think they'll kind of come and go, and I think eventually they'll come true. But.
0: I would say I'm most concerned about Chris just because a lot of what Milwaukee's success his offensive contribution is more vital to Milwaukee's success than Pat and Bobby's. And if Chris can't get going offensively, then that's going to create a bigger issue of, okay, who is going to be that third guy that you can rely on. And right now,
1: probably Brooke. Oh God. If, if Chris, if Chris can't become reliable offensively again, we have really large issues (laughs) in Milwaukee to figure out. Like Brooke is doing what he needs to. But he,
0: I think Milwaukee is not able to put itself in. Brooke has to be the third most reliable offensive option to win a title. See, so I agree
2: that obviously if Chris is really bad, that's going to be a really big problem. But Chris still has, I think, somewhat enough of a reputation or at least a threat that when we get to the playoffs, Pat Connaughton is supposed to have like a relatively outsized role as guy who scores from the bench. And Bobby has a similar thing. And if those guys drop off, you know, this is what we were begging for against the Celtics. Like, please God, somebody not named Giannis do something. And just nobody ever really did. And Pat came through during the finals run numerous times, and he was a big reason why we won that title, at least in terms of guys from the bench. And so if he never pulls out of it, you know Chris could still pass. He can pass the ball a little bit. He can threaten the whole draw like guys towards him. Nobody on the bench is going to be able to do that. So if you have to have like one to two minimum bench guys who come good for you, and so that's why I would be a little bit more concerned. And that's why you're like, okay, we'll give Pat the money. Because Pat's reliable and he's done it before. But if he's no longer hitting, like how quickly does that really throw a wrench into things? Especially if once we start having to put the starters on the bench just to get some rest, like, you know. But obviously, Chris being awful would be a lot to overcome, but I don't think I'm not going to say it's like a big gulf between those two, because I think there's a knock on effect with how we structure our rotation, who exactly is supposed to be doing what um, in the offense, especially off the bench.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I'm generally not really concerned about any of them. Uh, I I think, I think things will be fine. So I I think we'll figure it out from my purview. Um, So I was also looking at the schedule and i was just kind of curious cuz this i mean the the obviously the rockets game left a little bit of a sour taste we, we don't need to talk about that anymore that's right i moved on uh so the so the games that are coming up will be these are actual tests of the bucks so warriors then grizzlies then jazz then pelicans cavaliers nets and then celtics so those are the next 7 games for the bucks are we thinking uh so i was just curious overwhelmed underwhelmed or properly whelmed by the season so far Kyle I Bucks think performance. Proper, I'd
0: say properly just because you had the nine and no start and that was a lot of fun, but they were beating up on a lot of bad teams and they were a lot of those were at home. So it's kind of like, okay, this is fun. This is cool, but this isn't really telling us anything. And then when Milwaukee was getting its test, they kind of dropped the ball against the Hawks. Then come back, beat the Cavaliers who at the time were doing really well, lose to the Sixers in frustrating fashion but they come back, all right, whatever, lose to the Bulls at home in frustrating fashion, rattle off a couple wins against, again, not terrible teams. So I, w- I would say properly well because I feel like the bar, the Houston game and, yeah, yeah, bar tonight and maybe the Bulls game, every other game they've lost, there's been some justifiable reason or at least you can kind of look and be like, yeah, that makes sense why they lost that game. So, I think properly whelmed because they're still hanging around near the top of the East, which is what we expected out of them, and they were doing most of this without Chris Middleton. But I think this next month of games will kind of do more to explain, okay, where is this team actually at?
2: Uh, I'm properly whelmed. Uh, The eight-man rotation is the same as it's ever been, and therefore we pretty much play the same way that we usually do. Uh, So... (laughs) If you were, you know, this is why the Marjan couple of weeks was fun. This is why Javon Carter shooting 7000% from three is like fun because it's something different. And in in the back of your mind, you know, it's not going to last. You know, this isn't going to be what it's about as the season goes on. Um, But now we're kind of probably going to start entering the. We'll do what we've done before and just win most games and lose a couple here or there kind of randomly. So I'll be properly whelmed edging a little bit towards overwhelmed because I didn't think we'd get Giannis with the Homer Simpson press conference, Uh, but that did happen. So I didn't have that on my bingo card. So I would say properly whelmed to a hair overwhelmed based off of that press conference.
1: Yeah. I, I think, I think I'm properly whelmed thus far. With how the Bucks' season has gone, I'm, I'm curious to see how this next stretch goes. Mike Budenholzer in the uh, press conference post game for the Rockets said um, he wanted to check with the medical staff before offering any kind of update. And his quote quote was to the media: "He should be fine. It's a couple of very minor things. Hopefully, he'll be fine." So, so, so
2: I assume all so star break. I was going to say, <laughs> we're never going to see Chris play again. So <laughs> that means. When yeah, it's, Bud is the exact like zig where it zags. So he'll be like, oh, you know, he's working his way through. And then Chris randomly plays or He'll be like, ah, he should be okay. And then we'll just never see Chris again. <laughs> so uh,
1: God. Yeah. Well, it is pretty inopportune timing though. Given all of these games, it would have been really nice to sort of see the big three work into their rhythm against some of these higher quality competitions uh, against in the Western Conference too. Does, so.
2: does it still feel like to you guys it's a clear one two in whatever order you want between us and the Celtics I I don't think there's any that the thing even though you're properly well from the season from my perspective that's not like something to necessarily really worry about because I still think we're quite obviously one of the top two teams now whether or not we have enough horses to play this version of Boston I mean they're playing way above their heads but regardless but does it still feel like just we're cemented in the top two in the conference at least
0: yeah, just because everyone after that, there's a lot of questions. Like, is Cleveland really this good, or there's a lot of are they really this good, or are they really this bad? Like, is Cleveland really this good? I don't know. Is Brooklyn just getting lucky? I they've been playing really well the last ten games, but I don't know. If they, like, they're a they're one tweet away from self destruction. It's fine. Philly. We I can't take Philly seriously. The Hawks are hovering around. Ah, maybe they're good. The Pacers are doing really well, which I don't think anyone expected that. There's just a lot of teams where it's like, are you supposed to be in this position? And like the gap between like Milwaukee and Boston and then everyone else is just such a sizable gap that I don't think it's really going to
1: matter what th- like seeds three through ten end up. Yeah, same here. Uh, being properly whelmed by a team that has very clear championship aspirations is a, is quite a luxury. And so, given they're nineteen and seven so far, and I don't, I don't think there's any other team in the East besides Boston that could, that the Bucks wouldn't be able to beat fairly handily as long as they don't get their head stuck up their butts for the whole series. So, I think, I think, yeah, it's us in Boston, and then, like Kyle said, a golf. Okay. All right. Well, we're not going to talk about the Rockets game. So instead, we're going to take a real quick break. And uh, on the other side of this, we'll do our miscellaneous topics and close it out. So stay tuned. All right. We are back. Riley, you have rapid fire? I do. Indeed.
2: Okay. Uh, First one tonight. uh, Inspired by a friends' party I went to last night where we played a couple of board games. What is your favorite board game? Um, if you want to go extra, we had six people, so for about six people, or if you have a particular 1v1 or something, um, but maybe like a party board game, what's your go-to?
0: Mine is Ticket to Ride. Because I feel like it's one where it, once you get going on it, once you kind of understand it, it is kind of fun because there's no there's no exact strategy of winning. There's the, hope you get lucky and get from LA to New York, otherwise, if you don't get that, then... I don't know. I, I enjoy Ticket to Ride because every game is different and there's not like a clear-cut strategy on this is how you win every time. It's just if you get lucky enough.
1: I haven't played a board game very much lately. Uh, I think I've played one in the last like four or five years. I oh like God. Monopoly or... uh <laughs> Okay. I mean, it's just it's something I like. It doesn't mean it needs to give quizzical looks from both you. I I don't know. I guess Monopoly. I honestly haven't played a board game lately at all, but I, I they, they seem fun. I played Pandemic like a year ago. That was fun. I had never played that before. So, yeah.
2: The 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 biggest thing about Monopoly is you're committing to a seven hour time commitment at minimum,
1: and everybody's I mean, I've never finished playing it. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Well, well that's a there, thing.
0: Yeah. Like, I feel like I, I just. It's not a bad game, but it's like you have to get people that either want to create chaos or you're not going to finish any time. And for me, it's like I could easily just play a different game at that point. Yeah.
2: Okay. So we were just talking about being properly whelmed by this season. What would you guess? You may have already looked this up previously for other stuff you've done. What is our current ranking out of 30 NBA teams, our offensive rating? Where are we in the league? Would you guess? Unless you know.
1: Like overall? Overall,
2: yep.
0: Christ,
1: I, I saw it on the broadcast tonight, so I won't answer. Yeah, okay,
0: I'm gonna guess like 18th.
2: Not bad, I it? feel
0: like there's a lot of supernova hot, like Yadis was unstoppable early, and then it has regressed the mean.
2: That's pretty much exactly right. We're 16th per basketball reference, and this is before the Rockets game was taken into account, so a little bit below average. We'll probably pick it up a little bit, but. I don't see any reason why we're gonna like really start flying all of a sudden, so it'll be a slow climb back up <laughs> um okay, uh, what is your biggest cooking disaster? So you had a plan and you went in and you just totally biffed whatever you were trying to cook unless you've never had one, maybe you never have that would be impressive too
0: i'm i've I had a baking one where. I was making these like mint chocolate cookies and I put in way too much cocoa powder and it just, it, it didn't end up being a cookie. It basically ended up being a cake. <laughs> <laughs> that was, it was one of those where I misread. I think I, I think I, it was supposed to say like teaspoons and I ended up putting like tablespoons. I was like, Oh no, oh, that's a,
1: <laughs> oh. it was kind of like, it's
0: too late to like, it, you can't, I would have to completely start over at that point. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. We'll just see how it turns out.
1: Yeah. They were not edible. <laughs> Wait, so Kyle, did it turn into one big cake or multiple? The, the cookie, each individual cookie that would have been a cookie turned into like a cake. It basically was just like a little, a giant ass biscuit. Like instead
0: of like <laughs> being a, like nice, soft, like cookies, it just felt like a biscuit from like Popeyes or <laughs> yeah, just something like it was not good. It was not a cookie. It was mini pieces of cake that also were not good because it was too dry.
1: Um, this this is not to say that I haven't made cookie mistakes as an adult. I know I have. But I my most vivid one is as a kid I wanted to make cream of wheat uh, on the stove and I wanted to mix brown sugar in with it. But... Instead of making the cream of wheat first or even putting water in, I just, I put my pan on the stove, turned it on, and then just threw the sugar in there. And it just started burning immediately and smoking over in the kitchen. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. That was really stupid. And that's how I learned you can't just put sugar on a stove. So, yeah, that was a dumb move on my part.
2: uh yeah i haven't had any recent um i haven't had any sort of recent uh big issues but i have had some disasters in the past okay um based off of aj green's wondrous outing against the magic the other day i have a question for you guys who will end their bucks career having scored more points in a milwaukee bucks uniform aj green or kyle korver and to keep it fair, Kyle Korver has scored a total of 386 points as a member of Milwaukee Bucks. AJ Green is up 223 so far.
0: <laughs> I'm still going to go Kyle Korver because I can't. It's going to take a lot of Bucks decide we're not playing anyone of relevance. And then AJ Green is going to have to have a night where he's just like 7 of t- 15 from 3 or something. I'm going to go Kyle Korver.
1: Yeah, I... I think John Horst is, is loyal to the former Bucks director of scouting or whoever A.J. Green's agent is, but I don't think he's loyal enough to let A.J. <laughs> Green stick around and score 400-plus <laughs> points or whatever as a Buck. So I'm going
2: Kyle Korver. I was legitimately shocked because I, I figured there was going to be a large discrepancy. I would have never have guessed Kyle Korver scored 386 points. I had to scroll up and down to be like, am I looking at the right area? Why is this number so high? Uh, so Cal Corver, apparently better than I remember. Um, okay, final question. What is your horoscope sign, and how do you feel about horoscopes in general? Or astrology, whatever a- you want to call it.
0: Yeah, I'm a Pisces. I could care less about it. A, I don't know if she's doing this now out of because it annoys me so much, <laughs> or she is genuinely interested, but she is all in on this astro- astrology. Again, I don't know how much of it is out of spite. I do not care.
1: I just looked up that I'm an Aries. So <laughs> didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely didn't don't care.
2: Okay, really cool. Um, that's it. That's all the questions I have this week.
1: Awesome. No film review, no fountain pen review. So we are going to skip straight to predictions. As I, I kind of previewed this earlier, but it's a it, really good week of games. It's uh Facing off against the Warriors at home, then at the Grizzlies, and then against the Jazz. Kyle, what do you think the record's going to be this next sequence?
0: I'm actually going to be pessimistic and say one and two.
1: Oh, no. I, I, You're never My only reason.
0: <laughs> I know. But I feel like this is one of those where on the road will be interesting. And I think it's going to be they're going to put in a lot of effort in one of these games. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was the Warriors one. Just because Memphis is tough. And Utah, I mean, Quinn Snyder not being there helps a lot. But I feel like the same personnel is still there to give Milwaukee problems. So, yeah, I'll say one and two. I think they get the win against Golden State. Just kind of, like, make a statement and then lose close to, like, to Memphis. And I don't know what's going to happen in the Jazz game.
2: I can't blame Kyle for feeling pessimistic because he just witnessed that Rockets game. So I'm going to (laughs) give that also
0: is clawing my judgment. I will fully admit
2: this week is a special week because of that. Um, Normally I'm sure we would be predicting a two to one. I'm actually going to say two and one this week. uh, And I think we'll beat the Warriors and the Grizzlies, but there's a possibility I might be in the arena for the jazz game. And therefore I fully expect the bucks to uh, drop the ball on that. Wait, is it? It's at home, right? It's a home game yes the yeah. jazz
0: game is at home yes yes
2: yeah, so i fully expect them to play jordan war 35 minutes and i'm just <laughs> gonna be like i just
1: burn my money
2: so i expect two and one exclusively because i'll be in the arena potentially
1: if you go will you be shouting for we now we know we know how you act in the timberwolves arena right we've heard that you shout you scream you really get active will you be bring that same sort of energy to this game
2: it's really weird i don't bring that same energy to bucks games and at home games i should say uh now i've only done one game in the forum and that was when i covered the one magic game so it would be a little inappropriate if i was in the press box going (laughs) well like you know something tells me even i knew that wasn't exactly the way to approach it in the press box um I will bring a little bit of energy, especially if I go with my brother, because he will just scream the entire time. So um it kind of really depends on the crowd I'm with, but I'm definitely much more rowdy on the road than I am at home.
1: Okay. Well, promise you'll scream if AJ Green scores a, a bucket. You have to you, you owe us that. <laughs> Immediate bias, sure, is you sure. Uh I go I go two and one. I think uh I think they'll beat the Warriors. I think hopefully they'll be pissed off after this really annoying Rockets loss. And then I, I, doubt, I don't think they're going to beat the Grizzlies. They always give them trouble. They always give us trouble, and it's at their arena. And then I, I think they'll be able to beat the Jazz. You're so right, Kyle. Nothing was worse than facing the Quinn Snyder Jazz and seeing them just completely carve up our defense over and over with those actions. I'm, I'm praying to God maybe just they phase, they've phased out a little bit, and then we won't have to see that on Saturday, and we win. So, all right. Does
2: Joe, Ingles, does Joe Ingles make his debut this week, yes or no?
0: no no
2: okay and just saying jazz in town home game we're getting a little bit closer to christmas keep an
0: eye out folks i don't have any i, I, I think, think I the following time. week i think the following week he comes back
1: i don't think he's coming back this week though okay cool all right that'll do it for this week's episode of the brew Hoop podcast go to Brewhoop.com for all our usual coverage share the podcast with your friends review it and thanks again for listening